1: Thanks for downloading the Let's Talk About Suicide podcast. This podcast is for anyone who has lost a loved one to suicide, and we'll be focusing on the LGBTIQA communities. As the name suggests, this podcast discusses issues around suicide, which can be a tough subject to talk about, but it is important that we do. We want to provide support to people who are bereaved by suicide and let people talk about it. In all of our discussions, we will be conscious to use appropriate language, as your self-care is important. Listening to this podcast may raise issues for you, and if this is the case, we'd encourage you to contact one of the following services in Australia. QLife on 1800 184 527, Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467, or Lifeline on 13 11 14. You can find all of these contact details on the JOY website at joy.org.au letstalk. This JOY podcast is produced in association with Support After Suicide, a program of Jesuit social services that provides support to people who are bereaved by suicide, and Switchboard Victoria, which provides peer-driven support services for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and gender diverse, intersex, queer and asexual people, their families, allies and communities. We would also like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we would like to pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and to extend our respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who are listening. If you are listening to this podcast anywhere in Australia, you are on Aboriginal land. Always was, always will be. Welcome to this episode of Let's Talk About Suicide. My name is Hamish Blunk, and I'm your host for this podcast. Also guiding you through each of our episodes are our two wonderful experts. We have Joe Ball, who is the CEO of Switchboard Victoria. They are also an LGBTIQA community leader and use the pronouns they, them. And Dr. Louise Flynn, who is a psychologist and also the manager of Support After Suicide. In this episode, I'm going to introduce you to four people who have lost a loved one to suicide and who let me interview them for this podcast. They are Alice, Beau, Lara, and Peter. It takes a lot of courage to share such a personal experience, so I'm very grateful to each of them for speaking so openly. Even though each of their stories are different, and even different from my own, there are lots of common feelings and themes that come through. Even though listening to their stories can be difficult and heartbreaking, there is a level of comfort and reassurance in knowing that you're not alone in experiencing these things. Right now, we'll get to know Alice, Beau, Lara, and Peter a little bit. In future episodes, we'll hear more about their experiences relating to the theme of each episode. Let's start with Peter.
2: My name's Peter. I'm 46 years of age. I lost my partner, Dez to suicide. I lost him th- just over three years ago. Um, he passed away on, on Father's Day in 2015. Um, we'd been together for nearly 20 years. In June of that year, we went to New York for, um, in part to celebrate Desi's birthday. Um, but also to get married. We got married on the 25th of June, 2015, and Des passed away on the 6th of September, 2015. So, um... Never really quite felt like I was married, but I was. And we met down at the docks at a, at a dance party that they used to do down there called Winter Days. And yeah, from the moment we got together, I don't think we spent a night apart for the first eight months. Yeah, he was the love of my life, I think. Well, actually, I know. But I live a, a very different life now, and my life is very, very different. And it all changed. In an instant, but we loved each other. We loved each other a lot. Um, I didn't think I could love anyone any more than I loved him. He was such a larger-than-life person and such a larger-than-life character. He—he um, he was just wonderful. I know when people pass away, some people put you know that person on a pedestal and turn them into a saint and all that sort of stuff and. I'm not doing that with Dez, but he was—he was—he was genuinely empathetic. He genuinely cared for people, which is why he was a great nurse. You know, his his calling in life was to look after and care for others, and he was a nurse, and he was a good one. He was a damn good nurse because and, cause he just had that—that that gift of caring for people and making people feel at ease, and and. And I just think he thought that no one could help him. I don't know, I don't know. It was so, I mean, it was so unexpected. Like I just, never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that he would, he would take his own life. I just had no idea, I know. I, I, I've, I've said this before, but he, 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 he never spoke about it, he just did it. I mean, I'm still in disbelief over it because what he did was so unbelievable. Des and I didn't have a fight. We didn't have an argument, you know. We didn't have any sort of disagreement, you know. That night or, you know, in the, in the days leading up to him passing away, you know. I mean, we just got married. I couldn't, you know. I think I was the happiest I was ever in my life. This has probably been the... This... Probably This has been the singular most lonely and isolating experience of my life. There's no other way to put it. It just... It just ruined me.
1: Like Peter, Bo also lost his partner Jeff about two years ago. My name's Bo
3: and i'm a gay man i lost my partner jeff uh the 27th of march 2017 um we were friends for quite some years before we started dating um yeah (laughs) it was complicated it wasn't easy um jeff uh was struggling with a a lot of mental illness. I guess I was there for him. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Uh, um, As much as I could be. But I I loved him very much. He was such a wonderful person. He was always making people laugh. Um, Everybody... That knew him, just said his personality was just larger than life. And I just think, yeah, I miss him a lot. (sighs) He was known for imitating Joan Crawford from um, Mummy Dearest, that movie. Um, All originally was a book. But he used to just make everybody laugh when he reenacted her parts in that movie. He was always just so happy, dancing. he was a fitness instructor, um so you know he'd get up there and uh all the uh women there would love him. they'd get up and and dance and I loved just hanging out with him, watching a movie or or listening to music. He loved his music, yeah, his favorite artist was um matika when Jeff was happy. I think that's because he felt like he had a purpose. So he had a he had a job, he had you know money, savings, and stuff. He had friends. He was confident enough to go out. He didn't have any of that anxiety and stuff, which just seemed to come all of a sudden. And I don't know. I, I still don't understand what had caused him to get into that deep, deep, deep depression. But I think it's maybe small little things that just kept really putting him down in life. It just got so overwhelming at one point that he just um, sunk into this depression. Just a state of complete shock. I I just... I don't know if I could comprehend what had actually happened. And I think I was beyond the... A point of crying, I was just I was just numb all over, and it was almost like um, it wasn't true. I just couldn't believe that it had something like you know this has happened, and there is help out there for everybody, no matter who you are, if you are feeling down and depressed and that you think you know, the world is just against you and it's not going to get better um trust me there is so much support out there and you'd be surprised at um you know how much of your friends and your family uh, are willing to help you if you if you just if you need it you know i think of the time i spent with jeff and and what he did for me as well he made me such a stronger person and what has come out of um, such a terrible thing is so much love and support you know that I have with his friends and his his family um, and I guess also um, there's more awareness now that um, when I have a friend or maybe a colleague or or a family member that might be going through a bit of a rough time, I take the time to make sure that they are okay, you know, and really take, um, take on board what they're going through and just to see if there's anything I can do to make, um, to make things a little bit easier for them.
1: Next is Lara. Lara's close friend Ingrid died just under a year ago.
0: My name is Lara. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I identify as queer. I lost um, my best friend Ingrid. Um, uh, She suicided about eight months ago. We're extremely close, probably one of the closest relationships I've had with a person in my life. Um, She rang me to let me know that she had feelings for me Um, and... She was, I wasn't home, but I went home and within an hour she was there on my couch and it was winter, so we were under a duvet and we just chatted and she just poured out all these things and I did the same and, and a, a very firm friendship was established. We would see each other very regularly uh, and she was the person that I would call um, from big emotional conversations to, can you help me? I've to do some bulk shopping. Can you take me down to Terra madre Ingrid was um, known as a prolific reader. She loved reading um, and she also loved having deep conversations with people. She wasn't really into small talk. She would sit in cafes for hours reading and taking notes from the books that she would read. That was probably her favourite thing to do with her time. And I think she was also known as a very non-judgmental person. She was extremely open um, to how people chose to live their lives as long as they weren't hurting other people. Um, and she was a really good listener um, and a very loving, very loving friend. Yeah, I honestly loved all of my time with her. She was my fa- one of my favourite people to be around. Yeah, I loved her company. I loved being around her. And I was very lucky because she was quite, because she was such a a solitary sort of person, she often chose to be alone. So I always felt quite lucky that she did spend as much time with me as as she did, yeah. So the day that Ingrid suicided, uh, I found Ingrid. So it was very confusing at first because I didn't, it took a little while for my brain to put together what was in front of me. Ingrid spent uh, then three days in hospital before her life support was turned off. It was a really tricky time um, for everybody involved and I felt, I think I went into a a state of deep shock and trauma. Like I know that you can't put a timeline on grief and how long it will last, but in those early weeks I did say to my support after suicide counsellor how long well, this, how long will I feel like this for? And of course she couldn't give me an answer. She could give me a rough kind of estimate about how long people are in that trauma state for. Like, I, like because she can never be returned to us, it, I know that I'll have to just live with the loss for the rest of my life. And I know that it's felt different after three months, six months, and as the months go on. But I think I am aware that it's, that, that, that she's always gone and that it's always going to be sad and hard. The effects that it has on your life, I suppose, and how changed my life is and, and was for so long, I, I, find, I found that really tricky, all those secondary losses um, that come with it. I know that there is a lot of um, stigma around suicide. I think there has been a lot of work done in the last decade probably particularly that is decreasing that and I think the more voices that there are out there of people that are talking about what it's like to be in a space when you're suicidal is hugely important so the more people that have courage to talk about that and break that taboo is fantastic I think that's hugely important it's not a sprint it's a marathon so the support People need a particular sort of support at the beginning, but they also need support as the months, and I'd say even as the years go past.
1: And finally, you'll hear a bit of Alice's story. Alice was also a good friend of Ingrid, who you just heard Lara talk about, as was Joe, our expert. But even though Lara, Alice and Joe are grieving the same person, their experiences have been different.
4: My name's Alice. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Um... I identify as lesbian sometimes I also use queer and I also identify as butch Um, and the person that I lost to suicide was a very good friend of mine called Ingrid um, and that was about 10 months ago but basically we met when we were 19 um, which was a few years ago now and we dated for a few months and then kind of amicably decided that we would rather be friends and... Um, had been good friends for, um, for seven years. Um, and also in kind of the six months before her death, we'd been working in very similar fields in buildings very close to each other. So in those kind of six months particularly, I had been seeing her at least once a week. But yeah, we were just very good friends. We were close. We had a lot in common and we had a lot of shared interests. Ingrid was a really interesting person. I think that she's probably, like, the most singular person that I've ever met. Like, a really unique um, outlook. We would always have these conversations about weird things that she was interested in, but I guess a lot of people knew she was very interested in, like, writing um, and film. She was quite creative in that way. Um, And I think she... Yeah, she just had a really interesting brain and a really particular outlook on things. It's a little bit hard to describe, but I think it shone through in everything that she did. And I think she really, she had a really diverse network of friends who didn't necessarily know each other very well. I think she attracted people because she had a really, really unique way of of interacting with the world. It was very hard to think that she had been in pain. I think that was very hard. Um, That she had been in a lot of emotional and psychological pain probably for like probably acutely for weeks um and certainly at the time that she chose to take her life and um and then also uh I guess through the process of dying um and I think the violence of that um is also very painful you know it's very hard to think of someone that you love being in a lot of pain um And knowing that that's already happened and that there's nothing that you can do to make that any better um, is very hard. It feels like playing catch-up, you know. I'm like, oh, if only I had known two weeks ago, um, this would have been a very different situation. Maybe. Maybe it wouldn't have.
1: We will hear from Peter, Bo, Lara and Alice in each episode in this series from here on as they share more about their experiences with dealing with the suicide of their loved one. It is really brave for these four people to share their stories, and I would personally like to thank them, as would our experts Joe and Louise. Yes, Hamish, I feel very
3: appreciative of them being willing to tell their story. I really just feel like thanking them for being willing to share. And I, um, one of the things that I felt very moved by in what they were saying was talking about the person who died and giving us a real sense of who they were, how they lived, how much they were loved. I think um, we don't want to forget that. You know, we're talking about the bereaved, but each bereaved person is really still living with this person who has left them. And um, it's great to be able to really appreciate the person who died. I completely agree. Always, and I,
2: I too would like just to really thank people for sharing their lived experience. Um, it really, um, it's so valuable. I think to hear what people are going through, and it was um, beautiful for me to hear. I always like to hear um, people talk about Ingrid, myself. So that's that's lovely too to hear Laura and Alice, but equally like Bo and Peter their stories they are so lovely too i think cuz we all do share this grief and this bereavement and i'm just yeah just thank you thank you to to the four of them um, and i think that it's really it
0: is as you said hamish it's really courageous
1: they are really emotional interviews and from the heart you can download the full length versions of these interviews from joy.org.au/let's talk or you will find them in your podcast feed. In the next episode of Let's Talk About Suicide, we are going to talk about what you might experience when you are grieving a suicide death. Everyone's experience is different, but there are some emotions, behaviours and thoughts that are common. We are also going to debunk that stages of grief myth, so join me for that. You can download the other episodes in this series from joy.org.au slash letstalk, or look for them in your podcast feed. Thanks to our amazing expert panel, Joe Ball from Switchboard, Victoria, and Louise Flynn from Support After Suicide, and also from the people you just heard from with lived experience, Alice, Beau, Lara, and Peter. Let's Talk About Suicide is presented and produced by me, Hamish Blunk, editorial assistance by Joy Program Director, Rachel Tyler-Jones, and technical help from Jack Trainor. Joy Production Manager If you'd like to contact the show you can email us at joy.org.au. But if you need to talk to somebody right now or you're in crisis please contact one of the following services in Australia QLife on 1800 184 527 The Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467 or Lifeline on 13 11 14 you can find all of these contact details at joy.org.au slash Let's Talk. Until next time, take care.
0: Thanks for listening to another joy podcast brought to you by australia's lgbtqia community media organization joy help us keep joy on air head to joy.org.au joy a diverse sound for a diverse community